Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. It's 9 September, it's Sunday. It's time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. I've got a couple of announcements before we get into the content. Uh, the webmaster, he does our podcasts and he you know, puts titles on him and everything. He wanted to say that if you ever find a mistake on any title, anything like that, please let us know and we will get it corrected. And um, he said also we have almost every sermon that has ever been done at this church online along with uh, web podcasts and on iTunes. And this is uh, with the help of several people around the nation and the, the world that have helped out with that, getting these up. And he wanted to remind you of that. He said, they're all free. And uh, he said, let me repeat, free. The podcast audios on iTunes are free. You don't have to buy anything. We don't uh, monetize any video here. We don't, uh, uh, you're not going to find a donate button on our website or anything like that. It's, so it's it is a gift. That's right. But not a free gift. That's a redundancy. So I knew you were getting at that, too. Um, he said um, you can listen to them on your smartphones or download them and burn them to disk. And uh, the only exception is the Prophecy Update. We do not have all of the updates on there from going back a couple years. And that's okay because Prophecy Updates are very transitory. What matters is the sermons. And so we would ask that you would listen to those sermons. And uh, having said that about the church here, we do want to thank anybody that has ever helped this church out, you know, financially, because um, we are a really small congregation, and it's so humbling when somebody sends something uh, to help out this church, and I want to thank the people that do that, so that's right out of my heart there, Um, and then I want to uh, say hello to Luke and Christine, who are watching from Israel. They're from Texas, but they're visiting Sergio and Rhoda in Israel, and so we want to send them a a hello from uh, Sarasota, Florida. And then we have, um, let's see here, uh, Michael Vaughn is a guy I know by email, and he is heading to Dubai for a few months, and he's looking for the Lord to guide him there into new things. And so I would ask that the Lord would bless him in his time in Dubai and that he would be bold to speak about Jesus if it's legal. If it's not, then he would need to be careful doing that because, you know, I'm not trying to prompt somebody into getting arrested. Uh, There are ways to talk about Jesus without actually evangelizing people, in other words. So uh, you want to follow the rules of the land lest you find yourself in jail. But if you're in jail in Dubai, then you can tell people about Jesus all day long. So um, however you want to work that, but care does need to be taken in some countries. We know people that are in Muslim nations and they have to be very careful about it, but that's why they're there. And I would pray that the Lord would give him opportunities as well. And then um, this week, starting today, actually, is Rosh Hashanah, the new year in Israel. And it's a perfect time to say this, is that um, uh, there are all kinds of views about the feasts of the Lord. I will tell you an incorrect view. I have people email me about this all the time. The feasts of the Lord are not the spring feast fulfilled and the fall feast yet to be fulfilled. Okay, I want to say something, and I want you to understand this. That is a heresy. That's not just bad doctrine. That is heresy. Okay, there are three fall feasts. There is the Feast of Trumpets, okay, which is today, Rosh Hashanah, or Yom Teruah, actually, in the Bible. Secondly, you have the Day of Atonement, and you have Sukkot. And all three of those are fulfilled in Christ. 
If they are not fulfilled in Christ, then Christ did not fulfill the law, and we are still bound under the law, and we are condemned by the law. That's very clear in the Bible. All of the feasts of the Lord, and actually there's not seven feasts of the Lord, there are eight. You have the Sabbath, which is the first one, and then you have seven annual feasts of the Lord. Secondly, they are not feasts of Israel. When somebody says the feasts of Israel, you need to correct them on that. They are feasts of the Lord. They are the feasts of the Lord, okay? They're not Jewish feasts. They are not feasts of Israel. Correct them on that. It is the feasts of the Lord. Jesus is the Lord. He is the fulfillment of them. One of them, Rosh Hashanah, which is happening now, as I explained, I've done the sermons on them. If you don't believe me, go watch the sermons. It is very clear what's going on in Rosh Hashanah. I'm not even going to tell you so that it'll inspire you to go and watch that sermon. But the second one, the second fall feast is the Day of Atonement. Either Christ is our atoning sacrifice or we are condemned because the blood of bulls and goats can never take away sin. He fulfilled that entirely, completely. It's Leviticus chapter 16, gives the details of that feast. Leviticus 23 is the annual reminder of that feast. Watch those two sermons and you will understand that particular feast. And then Sukkot has another fulfillment in Christ. So please understand that. If you disagree with that, please don't send me your emails with somebody's incorrectly uh, done sermon. They are wrong. They are wrong. These feasts of the Lord are fulfilled in Christ. The law of Moses is done. It says it explicitly in Hebrews. It is annulled. It is set aside. It is obsolete. It says in Colossians chapter 2 that it is nailed to the cross, implying because nobody took the the law of Moses and nailed it to the cross, Jesus Christ is the embodiment of the law of Moses. He was nailed to the cross, and he did what on the cross? He died. The symbolism is that the law died with him, and he initiated the what? The new covenant in his blood. Okay? That's very explicit in the Bible. If you can't get that right, you've got a problem. To say that the feasts of the Lord, all of them are not fulfilled, is heresy. Okay? We'll go on. You live by the law, you die by the law. Very well said. Our first category, as always, is Israel. And it was one year ago today, because it's a Sunday, even though it's actually 10 September, which is tomorrow, that Irma came through. And so uh, we were all hunkering down. I did a prophecy update from the house with Mary in my arms. And uh, then I uh, eventually had to leave the key because they turned off the water. They won't turn off people's electricity because then they'd be responsible for food that went bad. They just wait for the power to go out. But they turned off the water, and so I went and spent the rest of the night over at my mom's house with the rest of the family and eight dogs, and we had a good time together. But uh, just so you know, Irma was one year ago today. And our first um, article is from the Times of Israel. What a busy week it was. I mean, I, I could have had a, a prophecy update that was 20 pages long. I've only got six here, but as usual, because I don't want to get too, too long. But here we go. Netanyahu closer ties to Arab world are the silver lining of bad Iran deal, okay? Because Iran had this deal, Israel's gotten closer ties with the Arab states. This is a good thing. Well, it's a good thing depending on how you look at it, but it is a good thing according to the Bible because the Bible said that these states would not come against Israel, and we can see that happening. So here we go. Prime Minister Netanyahu said that closer ties between Israel and the Arab world were a silver lining of the otherwise bad Iranian 
nuclear deal. The 2015 pact was a bad agreement in every respect, except for one, he said. It brought us closer to the Arab world on a scale that we never knew. And one of our goals is that it continues. Another important thing is, of course, the fact that there is a gradual normalization with leading countries in the Arab world. Good stuff there from the Times of Israel. Jerusalem mayor wants to oust UNRWA from the city. Okay, we saw Trump defunded them from any American association, and now they want to get them out of Jerusalem entirely. Jerusalem Mayor Barkat said that he would push to expel the UN's refugee agency from the capital amid an Israeli and American drive to marginalize the body. Barkat accused the agency of failing those in its care and instead inciting terror activity, which is exactly what they do. He said that he had instructed city officials to prepare a plan for replacing all of UNRWA's functions with municipal services that he would present it to Prime Minister Netanyahu. We'll hope that goes through. From Arat Shiva, number of terrorist attacks on Israelis rises by 15% in July. They're always a couple months behind on the stats. It increased 15% over June's tally of 220. Throughout July, Israeli security services documented 255 attacks, including 11 in Jerusalem, ISA said in its monthly report. Two Israelis were killed in attacks in July, one of them a soldier who was killed by a sniper from Gaza. The other fatality was a civilian who was stabbed to death in the West Bank, along with two other victims who sustained moderate to mild injuries. Despite the increase, the figures in July were well below those of May, when 365 incidents were documented, the highest number in over two years of terrorist attacks on Israelis. So it went up, it went down, now it's going back up again. From the Times of Israel, in first, and this is one of the reasons why Israel, you know, I, I love Israel, I support them, I pray for them. but. I will not, you know, just cave on everything and say that Israel is right with the Lord and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, people do that. They take one thing and they take it to an extreme, which is unintended. This is one of the reasons why Israel is going through the tribulation period, not kept from it. In a first, trans actor is, or actress, I guess it's a guy, a girl, I don't know, is candidate for Israel's top film prize. So they're lauding this person now. For the first time ever, a transgender woman is in the running for best actress at this week's Ofer Awards. I don't know if he or she or it won. It was this week, so I, I don't know what the outcome was, but the annual prizes of the Israeli Academy for Film. Uh, the name is Stav Strashko, who has made her name, so it must be a he because he's claiming to be a she, who made her name, its name, in recent years as a top international model is nominated for its role in the film Flawless, the story of three teens from Jerusalem who sell their kidneys to pay for cosmetic surgery and prom dresses. Oh. Well, that sounds like a top-notch top film there, you know? From the Jerusalem Post, Abbas, Trump offered us a peace plan based on a confederation with Jordan. I don't know if you heard this, but this is something that Trump had suggested. It's been put out there before. Trump thinks it's a good idea. The United States presented Fakistinian Authority President Mahmoud Abbas with a peace deal based on a confederation with Jordan. That means it's a tripartite thing. Instead of having just the fakes in Israel, they would include Jordan. And guess what? It says here, um, Times of Israel, Abbas voices support for the tripartite confederation with Israel and Jordan. In a meeting with Israeli peace activists, the Fakistinian leader appears to dramatically depart from long-standing insistence on a two-state solution. So is it going to go anywhere? 
Absolutely not. Times of Israel. Jordan rejects alleged U.S. proposal for confederation with Palestinians. They don't want any part of those people. And the funny thing is, they're the same group of people. They're all the same people. They speak the same language until the partitioning of the, uh, what's it called, the Balfour Declaration, which was actually a huge piece of land. Eventually, it was cut down to Israel gets this little sliver. They were all one, one group of people, and the Jews were, they were known as the Palestinians. The Arabs wanted nothing to do with the title. Now, of course, history has been turned upside down. The Jordanians do not want to get involved with the Palestinians because then they will be liable for all of the problems that those people are, and they know it. So there you go. It's kind of an interesting thing that's going on, but one for Israel. Our today's, this is only a title. If you want to know who today's Jews are, there you've got the uh, Ashkenazi Jews, you've got the Sephardic Jews, you've got the Ethiopian Jews, you've got Jews you know, from all different cultures around the world. And if you want to know if they are the real Jews, if they really belong and they are, are genetically connected to Israel, um, just the title, you can go look it up. Are today's Jews genetically descended from the biblical Israelites? Okay, that's a good article. It's way too long for me to, it would take a whole update just to read it, so I'm not going to bother. But if you want to know that, go look for One for Israel and read the article. From uh, Mail Online, Roseanne Barr says she's moving to Israel to study and won't watch the Connors, whatever that is, I don't watch TV, when it airs on ABC. And uh, my thought is, our loss is our gain. Yeah. <laughs> From the Temple Institute, everybody knows this that's watched, that watches prophecy updates or goes online and checks that stuff out, but I'm going to tell you in case you haven't heard this, red heifer candidate born in Israel, which is uh, Numbers chapter 19, which is coming soon to a Numbers sermon near you, but uh, we're not there yet. We've probably got, I don't know, three, four, five months before we get there, but on August 28th, the red heifer was born in the land of Israel. The red heifer candidate is being raised and specifically cared for under the auspices of the Temple Institute's Raise a Red Heifer program. If it is found without defect, then it can be used for certain ceremonial issues which are required in the Law of Moses. To clarify something, because I see this all the time, I've seen it 400 times on posts and etc., People say that this is necessary for the temple to be reinstituted and the sacrifices to be reinstituted and all that. There's nothing to do with it. If they don't have a red heifer, they can do their sacrifices anyway. What this is, is if somebody touches a dead person, kills a person in battle or something, they're required to be sprinkled with this, uh, the ashes of this red heifer and some other things. So it really has nothing to do with them being able to start uh, uh, the temple sacrifices. They can do that without this. But it is something that is necessary for them to continue under the law of Moses and to be acceptable to the Lord um, by being sprinkled with this cleansing water. It's a very interesting study from the Old Testament. Uh, Daniel 9, verses 24 through 27, says that Israel will be back under the law for seven years. That is not God's intent for Israel. God's intent for Israel is that they receive Jesus Christ as the fulfillment of that law and that they come to him and not go through the tribulation period. But he knows that they are not going to do that, and hence they are going back under the law for seven years. A temple will be built. There will be sacrifices. This is all prophesied in the Old Testament. It's confirmed in the New, to Thessalonians, okay? This is coming soon to a tribulation period near you. But... Just because these things are happening does not mean that this is what God wants. Once again, prophecy people get all excited about these things like it's a good thing. It's not, okay? The good thing is for them to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and to come to him, okay? That will happen someday. Jesus said it by his own mouth. 
You know, when he was speaking in uh, Matthew, he says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who stone the prophets, how I've longed to gather you as a hen gathers its chicks under its wings, but you were not willing. I say to you, your house is left to you desolate. You shall not see me again until you say, Baruch Habab Hashem Adonai. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now, I might have misquoted that a little bit, but understand that they are going to call on Jesus and he is going to return. He said it with his own mouth. Okay, he was speaking to Jerusalem, the seat of power in Israel. Okay, they are the representatives of the nation. So these things are coming to pass. This is a part of it, but it's not something that they would, that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit would want for Israel. They would rather have them call on Jesus now. Okay, Haaretz, Paraguay, to move embassy back to Tel Aviv from Jerusalem. Israel retaliates shuts their embassy in Paraguay. Okay, yeah, good. All right, from Christian News today, um, just so you know, I had said during the prophecy update that um, the people in the uh, church could sign a letter that would be sent to President Trump. And a lot of people emailed me and said, hey, would you include my name? Well, when I got home, I had already sealed the thing and it was uh, all packaged up and ready to go out. But a letter was included, which included anybody that considers Trump their president and they're proud of it from the superior word. And if you want to hear that letter, you can watch the opening comments by Jim. They're posted on the superior word YouTube channel. And he read that letter, which is from the church. And so if you uh, want to know how you were included in that by supporting Trump through the superior word, you can uh, go ahead and watch that. It's the first two or three minutes of what he did. And so uh, there you go. And then um, uh, another thing that I had mentioned about five weeks ago, I think it is now, is that somebody had sent me an audio Bible, okay, one of the live versions where it's got all of the activity in the background. It's really exciting. And um, I do not drive much. I drive very little. I drive a mile and 1.6 miles to work in the morning and then back to my house an hour later, and I do that six days a week. I go to mission work down in the projects, and I drive to church twice a week, and that is about all the driving I do. And in just a very short time, those five weeks, I'm up to Numbers chapter 24 as of this morning. And one of those weeks, one of those weeks, somebody had sent me, my friend Arlene had sent me a CD, and so I took the time and I listened to that while I was driving. So I'm up to Numbers 24 with less than five weeks of listening to the Bible, and I've enjoyed every single minute of it. And having said that, I want to thank Arlene. This is a, a CD called Arise. It's done by the Greeson family, and it is really good. If you like Christian music, it's got all kinds of genres on there. It's very good. So I would recommend that to anybody that wants to listen to it. And in the church, if you want to listen to it, please just grab it. Give it back to me so that I can hand it on to somebody else, but please listen to that. And um, talking about letters, one more thing. I have a letter here for anybody that would like to send a letter to our governor, Rick Scott, okay? He's uh, going to be leaving office and either becoming a senator or doing something else. He's running for the Senate now, but that's for eight years of his service. If you want to sign it, please do. Okay, from um, the New York Post, Dope Francis calls plastics littering oceans as an emergency, now, think of why he's doing this, okay? They have huge problems in the Vatican right now. This goes all over the world, but it is centered in a few spots where they have got terrible, terrible problems with perversion going on. He has been trying to cover that up. They found more letters uh, proving this going back as far as 2000, 2006, etc. And so he is coming up with all these side issues to divert away from that. Dope Francis wants concrete action to combat the emergency of plastics littering seas and oceans. 
He said efforts to fight plastics litter must be waged as if everything depended on us. So God's not in control of this world any longer. It's totally up to us to solve the problems of the world. The dope announced as unacceptable the privatization of water resources at the expense of the human right to have access to this good. Uh, environmental protection is a priority of his dopacy. Okay, having said that, I would like you, if you... Um, have never seen where the plastics problem in this world comes from. I would like you to type in this to your YouTube scroll bar, Haiti Trash River or Haiti Garbage River. And you want to see where this kind of stuff comes from. They say that this happens in China, in Haiti, and one other place I'm forgetting right now, but three areas in particular that do this. Now, it happens around the world, but it is not the United States of America. We keep things clean. We pick stuff up. Even if we don't, somebody else comes along and does it for us, okay? But type in Haiti Trash River, and you will not believe what your eyes see, okay? So there you go. From Mail Online, Dope recommends silence and prayer. Okay, this is over this issue of this perversion that's been brought out in the Catholic Church. Silence and prayer for those who only seek scandal in veiled response to allegations he covered up for sex scandal. Now, they found out, I said in this week, that he had been, but he's recommending silence for these people. You talk about somebody, this is like the left-wing media that's a silence to all these people when, in fact, they're the ones that are causing the trouble. This guy is a problem. Dope issues indirect response to Archbishop calling for him to quit over cover-up. He asked God to guide when we should speak and when we should stay silent. Francis spoke of how Jesus, when confronting the devil, responded with silence. Let me tell you something. I'm going to take you to what it says in the Bible. That's Luke chapter 4. I'm going to show you how Jesus shut up before the devil as if he was quiet, okay? Luke chapter 4, and I'm going to take you to verse, uh, let's see here, first, verse 4, okay? It says, um, verse 3, and the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. But Jesus answered him, saying, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Then in verse 4, 7, therefore, if you will worship me before me, all will be yours. Verse 8, and Jesus answered and said to him, get behind me, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship only the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. And then in verse um, 11, the devil cites scripture saying that if you, uh, you know, jump off this thing, lest you dash your foot against a stone, etc. Jesus in verse 12 says, answered and said to him, it has been said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. He wasn't silent before the devil at all. And then when Peter started to rebuke him in front of the other apostles, what did he say? Get behind me, Satan. That's right. So the dope is not a sound theologian. He is a... He's not reading his Bible. He probably doesn't even know what the Bible is. But this guy is a real problem. He is a real problem. From Haaretz, dope seeks talks to avert Syria catastrophe. So now he's worried about Syria. He's worried about plastics. He's worried about everything except what he has caused within the Catholic Church, which he didn't actually cause. This has been going on for millennia. But he is trying to hide it, and he's trying to hold it down. This is really bad stuff here. Um, Francis appealed to the international community and all the actors involved to use diplomacy, dialogue, and negotiations in respect for international humanitarian law and to safeguard the lives of civilians. What he should do is take the advice of Scripture and tend to your own house, okay? Look to your own house. Get that squared away. But he's not doing that. He's trying to divert attention all over the place. So... um, We'll go on from Reuters. Chilean prosecutors say church, meaning the RCC, abuse investigations triple. 
The number of cases of abuse in Chile's RCC under investigation by prosecutors has more than tripled to 119 in the past month. Among the 167 people under investigation are seven bishops, 96 priests, accused of unspecified abuses of 178 alleged victims, including 79 minors. Unholy, unholy. Wow. From the New York Times, Australia's Catholic leaders reject call. Catholic leaders in Australia reject call to report sex abuse heard in confessions. Catholic leaders in Australia rejected a government push to force priests to report accusations of child sexual abuse heard during confession, saying it would violate a sacred right, infringe on religious freedom, and ultimately do little to protect children. Well, that's obviously not true because there's children all over there now grown up whose lives are completely ruined because of this church. The rebuke came as the local RCC issued a lengthy response to a five-year government inquiry uncovering what officials called a national tragedy of widespread sexual abuse of children spanning decades, and this means within the church. The investigation, perhaps the most far-reaching inquiry of its kind undertaken by any country, examined abuse in religious institutions, schools, and other establishments, finding that many of the cases of suspected abuse Abuse, excuse me, involved RCC priests and religious brothers. Church officials sought to strike a large conciliatory tone in their response, acknowledging the gravity of the church's colossal failures to protect children and embracing the vast majority of the recommendations coming out of the inquiry. Archbishop Coleridge, the president of the Australian Catholic Bishops Conference, said that the church's leadership had made a pledge never again. Yet the church rejected the proposal to hold priests legally culpable for failing to tell the authorities of acts of suspected abuse they hear during confession. We believe the legislation abolishing priest privilege is based in fact on a lack of understanding of what actually happens in confession. Well, we know it happens in confession because these poor kids are being abused there and tends to live in a purely hypothetical world. That is untrue. If a child is being abused and you know about it, that should be reported 100% from Breitbart. This is flashback, okay? This comes from 25 February 2017, one year ago, actually a year and a half now. Dope quietly trims sanctions for sex abusers who are seeking mercy. Remember that? The uh, priests and uh, bishops that were caught, he trimmed their sentences for if they sought mercy. The only thing that means is that they get to live in a palatial place the rest of their lives and say penance, and it means nothing. They get their benefits, they get their money, they get everything. So it's very sad. From Al-Arabiya, this is interesting. Egypt's sissy. I like this guy. I know he's a Muslim. He's he, he, Maybe someday he'll come to Christ. Who knows? Egypt's sissy appoints first ever Christian woman as a governor. Good job, Sisi. Egypt's President El-Sisi has sworn in several new provincial governors, including the first ever Coptic Christian woman to hold the position. Manal Awad Mikhail was appointed governor of Damietta province. I hope that I got that kind of close. Damietta province. She was previously a deputy for the Giza governor. Okay, and Mail Online. Anytime I'm criticized for my belief in Jesus Christ, I just breathe a prayer of praise, says our Vice President, Mike Pence. Read the article, it's good. I like the guy personally. I know he's not liked by some, but I do like President Pence. From 
Uh, I, yes, vice president. Well, he, he's eight more years or four more years, whatever. He's going to be president, hopefully, so have a Christian in the seat. Uh, sorry about that. Let's see here from Islam today. Mail online. Afghan asylum seeker is jailed for eight years for stabbing a girl 15 to death in Germany. Sounds like a fair trade, right? Come to a country, kill a person, and get 15 years. As police reveal, the number of migrant murder suspects rose by a third last year. Abdul Mobin was jailed for eight years for killing his 15-year-old ex-girlfriend. Abdul claimed to be 15, but experts said he could be 17 or even as old as 20. His request for asylum was rejected last year, but was not immediately deported. Verdict comes amid far-right protests in the eastern city of Chemnitz after a German national was stabbed by two migrants. So there you go. From Mail Online, Afghan migrant says insults to Islam and far-right politician Geert Welders were the reason he stabbed two Americans in Amsterdam. So they've got a guy in the government that doesn't like Muslims, and he's very open about it, okay? And he's blaming that guy that he went out and stabbed two Americans. Oh, so that makes it okay. He can just, no trial for that guy, just let him back on the streets. From Times of Israel, after defending UNRWA, U.S. said to be seeking to limit others' aid to it and then close it. So they're trying to get other countries to not give to the UNRWA at all and then to just close the thing. We'll hope that happens. From Haaretz, EU pledges to continue backing UNRWA after U.S. cuts all financial aid. Well, if that's the case, let them blow their money. We don't need to do it anymore. Going on from... Jerusalem Post, Corbyn, who's the left-wing nut in UK, Corbyn calls on the UK to fill the gap after US ends UNRWA funding. If you're in England, I would recommend that you write to your government and say we don't want our money spent that way. And then from An Samed, Jordan and Japan to organize conference to support UNRWA. So the world is stepping up and trying to fill this void that came when we defunded them, but We'll see where it goes. From Ynet, top PLO or FLO official warns U.S. Israel will pay a price for UNRWA cuts. Well, they've been paying a price for years when we've been funding them. They've been blowing up Israelis for years, and giving them money hasn't helped one iota. So we need to just defund them. From Trust, Iranian Rial hits a record low at 128000 to the dollar. So it's still going down. Good job, President Trump. From the Times of Israel, bowing to U.S. pressure, Japan reportedly to halt Iran oil imports. Good. Our president is putting heavy pressure on them. They're having some trouble getting India to stop. They're going to try, but Japan looks like they will no longer be going through Iran. From Fox News, Iran's secret weapons smuggling air routes to Lebanon revealed by intel sources. Iran is still sending weapons to Lebanon, and they're sending them to Gaza. They find out innovative ways of doing it. Here's one article on it. An Iranian civil aviation company is suspected of smuggling arms into Lebanon, destined for the militant group Hezbollah and Iranian weapons factories. And Western intel sources said they've uncovered the unexpected routes that Iran apparently took to try avoiding detection. The first flight on July 9th involved a Boeing 747 that departed from an Air Force base in Tehran. So they know that it's military because it went from an Air Force base. Okay. Stopped for a short layover at the International Airport in Damascus and then continued with a rather uncharacteristic flight path to the Beirut Intel Airport, where it landed shortly after 4 p.m. local time. According to the flight data, the route passed over northern Lebanon, not following any commonly used flight path. A regional 
Intel source who asked to remain anonymous said the Iranians are trying to come up with new ways and routes to smuggle weapons from Iran to its allies in the Middle East, testing and defying the West's ability to track them down. Western Intel sources said the airplane carried components for manufacturing precise weapons in Iranian factories inside Lebanon. The U.S. and Israel, as well as other Western Intel agencies, have supplied evidence that Iran has operated weapons factories in Lebanon, Syria, and Yemen. The second flight on August 2nd, flight number QFZ-9960, landed in Beirut at 5.59 p.m. after departing Tehran's international airport two and a half hours earlier. The time the plane did not stop in Damascus, but it followed a slightly irregular route north of Syria. So they track these things, they know they're doing this, and they're bringing in weapons to try to defeat Israel. They need to be stopped. From the Washington Examiner, campus bans September 11th memorial for bias against Muslims. That's uh, two days from now. I think we should all stand up and proclaim that we don't like what's going on in this nation. Administrators at Ripon College in Wisconsin have ruled that a September 11th memorial cannot take place on campus because it may offend Muslims. The private school cited bias reports that were filed during last year's September 11th memorial project. So the Muslims went in there and they filled out a bunch of reports and said, we don't like this. And so, okay, we're not going to do it anymore. Everybody's offended by something. They what? Let's just bow to them. Let's just bow to them. Everybody's offended by something. Okay. It's part of the human condition. We shouldn't cave to these people over these things. From um, Fox, bikini-clad balloon. Remember the anti-Trump balloon where he was in a bikini flying over London? Well, the people in London had had enough of that. Bikini-clad balloon of anti-Trump London Mayor Sadiq Khan takes flight. So they made a big bikini-clad Sadiq Khan and flew it over London. Yes, Londoners protesting Sadiq Khan launched a balloon over Parliament Square more than a month after the anti-Trump mayor gave the okay to a Trump baby balloon during the president's visit to the UK in July. A small group of supporters, some wearing T-shirts saying, make London safe again, cheered as the balloon took to the sky. Yeah, very good job. From Mongolia today, Xinhua says, Mongolia to host Global Women's Trade Summit. This is important, folks. The Global Women's Trade Summit was held from 6th through 8th September. About 300 delegates from Mongolia, China, Singapore, Malaysia, Australia, India, and other members of IWFCI attended the event. The annual event aims to support female entrepreneurs, strengthen their business contacts, and help them explore opportunities for cooperation and exchange experiences, she said. The summit in Mongolia was themed global innovation and connectivity. Within its framework, a total of seven panel discussions will be held, namely Opportunities in Mongolia, ASEAN, Mongolia, Central Asia, Digital Economy and Ecosystem, Innovations and Entrepreneurship, future of finance, creative industries, and women in the global economy. So that's what's going on in Mongolia this week. And the people that are watching right now, some of them are probably fuming because I took some of the old ads of females back in the 50s and 60s where the woman was wearing certain clothes and doing something for her husband, and I put them on the, uh, the video that they will be watching. And so it's a joke, okay? Please just bear with it. Everybody's offended by something. I thought I'd offend the ladies today. Okay, from Daniel 12 Technology, Mail Online. Plastic waste could power the cars of the future after a scientific breakthrough that turns rubbish into usable hydrogen fuel. 
Problem solved, Dope Francis. Here we go. Hydrogen fuel cell vehicles create electricity by mixing hydrogen and oxygen. Light absorbing material is added to discarded plastic and bathed in chemicals. This alkaline solution is exposed to sunlight, creating hydrogen as a byproduct. It may take, unfortunately, years before the process can be rolled out on an industrial level, but they are working on it. Somebody, my friend Lisa in uh, Australia, says that they use plastics and they mulch them into the um, asphalt. And so that gets rid of as well. And that's a great use. I mean, we've got to think of things to get rid of this plastic problem, but we don't need to elevate the creation above the creator in the process like our, our person in the Vatican is doing. From Mail Online, Russia has started to test its RoboCop exoskeleton armor that allows soldiers to shoot machine guns one-handed with computer-like accuracy. So you can hold a machine gun, which, you know, even with two hands, they start walking up very quickly. They say that they've got this thing where they can hold a machine gun with one hand and shoot with computer-like accuracy. All black kit includes a helmet with a tinted glass visor topped with a radio cable. It enhances the endurance and speed of the soldier who wears it. The metal arm supports the weapons and enables precise one-handed shooting. A little bit scary out there in the battlefield, folks. From Mail Online, FDA approves magnetic brain zapping helmet to treat OCD sufferers who don't respond to therapy or drugs. So you can put on a helmet and get zapped, and it should take care of your OCD. Um, let's see here. Over 2% of the population develops obsessive compulsive disorder at some point over the course of their lives. Repetitive thoughts, compulsions, and behaviors can disrupt these people's lives and isolate them. OCD is characterized by an overly active brain circuit. Transcranial magnetic stimulation uses magnetic pulses to disrupt the electric activity in this circuit. So there you go. Um, just so you know, I am OCD about one thing, is locking doors, okay? And everybody that's been with me as I lock the door out here knows this because I've taught them all this. But when you lock a door, if you're Charlie Garrett, you leave the church, you get in your car and you drive all the way around Gulfgate and you come back down Mall Drive and you come to the door and you pull the door and find out it's locked. I do it all the time. So my friend a couple years ago, he was in the Navy, good guy, Scott. I uh, went to school with him growing up here. He said, and you're not gonna believe me when I tell you this, but after you do it, you will never forget if you lock that lock again or not. You point at the lock after you lock it. Lock it and then point and just stare at it for about five seconds and then leave. And you will, you will never say, did I lock that again? It, your brain, it, it, some, it cements it, solidifies it, whatever. So yes, that is... Then, that, then you'll just be like... You, did I point at that door? Yeah, hello. No, I've never done that. I have no problem at all knowing if I locked that door or not. I just point at it and I never forget. But that's pretty funny. Okay. Oh, okay, that's true. That's not, she said that's not the only OCD thing that I have, and so you be quiet back there. Uh, we've got a couple of them. They know them because they go on mission work with me every Saturday, and uh, they see my eccentricities. So, Revelation Plagued today, Denver Post. Water levels continue to drop at Lake Mead, Lake Powell. Now, remember I brought this up last year and the year before. Okay, Lake Mead down in, what is it, Nevada, it gets so low, and if it gets to a certain level, Emergency conditions are called in and there is water rationing from that place all the way downstream. That means L.A., everybody, everybody that is affected by this will will be affected because the water rationing comes into play. Okay, And every year it seems like, oh, 
it went back up all of a sudden. How did that happen? Was it the snow? Was it the rain melt off? What is it that brought it back up just in time so that they didn't have to go into emergency rationing? They've been robbing Peter to pay Paul. I didn't know this, but there's Lake Powell, which is upstream of Lake Mead. They've been robbing Lake Powell to keep Lake Mead up so they don't have to go into water rationing. Listen to this article. Talk about scary times for that part of the nation coming soon to a tribulation period near you. Here we go. Water levels at Lake Mead and Lake Powell are dropping to dangerous levels, reflecting the Colorado River's worsening structural deficit. Scientists from the Colorado River Research Group said Lake Powell has declined because of extra water releases flowing into Lake Mead. Lake Mead is very, very closely tied to what's going on in Lake Powell, said a professor at the University of Colorado. We're draining Lake Powell to prop it up. Lake Powell is about 48% full and Lake Mead is about 38% full by the end of the year. Powell's levels are projected to fall 94 feet below where the reservoir stood in 2000 when it was nearly full. The Colorado River Basin, which feeds the two reservoirs, have been drying out over the last two decades, with the demands from farms and cities exceeding the available Water supply, the streams on the river and reservoirs are being compounded by growing population, drought, and, of course, they throw in climate change, but that's okay. Anyway, the Colorado River and its tributaries support about 40 million people and more than 7,800 square miles of farmland. Continuing this operational pattern will further drain Lake Powell and erode the benefits associated with its water storage. If storage in Lake Powell cannot rebound in an era where the upper basin consumes less than two-thirds of its legal apportionment, then the crisis is already real. The river management system allocates equal portions of the water between the four upper basin states and the lower basin states. A far lesser portion is allocated to Mexico where the river ends. Scary. Asian Times. Yeah, I've always wondered that because every year it becomes an issue and they say this is very critical this year and then it goes away. It's because they're robbing Peter to pay Paul. Asian Times, hybrid super snake identified in South Florida. Everybody be, yes, be very careful. These things are lethal. I'm saying that because all the ladies' faces are just panicking. Here we go. A new breed of snake with enhanced adaptability to environments has been identified by scientists in Florida. An ecological study suggested that crossbreeding between Burmese and Indian pythons has given rise to a new breed of super snakes that can adapt to different environments. Burmese pythons prefer wetlands like swamps, while Indian pythons prefer dry land. The super snakes can probably adapt to both wet and dry places and be as fast and aggressive as Indian pythons. So we've got to watch that. We're in South Florida. You watch your dogs because these things are adapting to the environment. Morality today. I call this 60 days of mayhem. Okay, I give you a couple morality things each week. I do this week after week. And what happens is I can't use all that come in. And so they build up and they build up. And once every month or so, I delete a bunch of stuff. But the morality section, I saved 60 days worth of headlines for you. Just the headlines. This goes from June and July. Okay. From the Daily Caller. World Health Organization, transgender individuals are not mentally ill, but video game addicts are. From the Christian Post, nine abortionists accused of breaking law, failing to report possible child sex crimes. From Newsmax, Trudeau, the guy up in 
Canada. Canada to legalize marijuana on October 17th. From the Telegraph, United Kingdom government wrong to deny pension to transgender woman rules European court. The UK is being told they have to fund this person. From the Guardian, genetically modified babies given go ahead by UK ethics body. From the Daily Wire, save from socialism. U.S. saves baby Oliver after U.K. doctors can't save it. They, they couldn't get funding. The, they said this baby's a goner. What did they do? They flew it to America. We saved it. So much for socialism. Infowars. Starbucks expands benefits to cover all transgender surgeries. From Yahoo. Wisconsin ordered to pay for gender reassignment surgeries. Wisconsin. Breitbart. Paris makes rainbow crosswalks permanent in honor of gay pride. Zero Hedge, Princeton course will teach students how to read queerly, not just the Bible, everything. They're going to learn how to read queerly. From the Russian Times, 40 schools in England ban girls from wearing skirts to accommodate trans students. Mail online, yeah. California's universities plan to slash its number of white students in a huge diversity drive. California Polytechnic's State University is hoping uh, to reduce its percent of white students from 55% to less than 40%. From WND, judge forces high schoolers to share showers with the opposite sex, transgenders, yes. Daytona Beach News Journal, Florida transgender high school student can use men's restroom instead of gender neutral restroom. That's right here in Daytona Beach. Zero Hedge, isn't this appalling? This is just what I missed. I just give you a couple highlights each week. This is insane. From uh, Zero Hedge, college course disputes idea that heterosexual sex is natural. Yeah, BBC, that woman, lesbian comic hero to get TV series. Charlotte Observer, activist to star as first transgender superhero. WND, lesbians demand L be removed from LGBT. They've got a problem. The lesbians argue that they are women attracted to women and there's no room for men who claim they are women. So they're fighting among each other now. Yes. Independent. Yes, it's true. Mexican City legalizes sex in public. Yes, Mexican City legalizes sex in public. It's intended to prevent police in Guadalajara, a city of 1.5 million people, from extorting couples who give their love to each other in public. So instead of taking care of the police force and saying, stop, you know, uh, forcing people to pay you for not arresting them, instead of handling it properly, they just pass a law and they say that you can now have sex in public in Guadalajara. It's terrible. Daily Wire. Democrat congressional candidate. Tax parents with more than two kids are irresponsible breeders. Yes. Fox says Chick-fil-A's Canadian expansion sparks LGBTQ protests. And Fox says 4-H official, I'm very happy about this last one, 4-H official fired after proposing LGBTQ inclusion policy, the report says. They fired and they says, we're not going to take this in the 4-H. Good job for the 4-H. Wasn't that terrible? Yeah. 60 days of mayhem. And that was about a third of the articles. I could have gone on all day, but I just ran out of space. Our other category. From Fox News, Chicago's violent Labor Day weekend leaves at least six dead, more than 1,000 shot since Memorial Day. From May until Labor Day, we have over 1,000 people shot. Mail online. Children who were picked last in P.E., 
turn into lazy adults because of the emotional impact of being left out. Before I read the article, I want to tell you something. Get out your violins, okay? Everybody ready? I was the last person picked every single time that there was, you're captain, you're captain, right? It didn't matter. The scrawniest girl whose veins showed through her face because she was so skinny would get picked before me. I was the worst athlete on the face of this planet. I don't even know how to throw a ball. You give me one and it'll go behind me. I'm, I'm literally, nobody wanted me on their team. I can shimmy up a tree pretty good. That's true. But I just want you to know that, that you can evaluate whether this story is true based on the, the content they give. I'll read it again now that you know. I was the very last picked. Children who were picked last in PE turn into lazy adults because of the emotional impact of being left out. Oh, I cried every day. I'd go home and I'd just cry. Uh, okay, that's not true. A person's activity level depends on if they have good or bad PE memories. PE can have an emotional impact and a transformative experience. Experts argue how PE is taught should be changed to benefit long-term health. Less emphasis should be put on a person's performance and more on teamwork. They just want to do away with the individual. That's all it is. So anyway, but when you see me, you know that I'm the one that went home and cried every after. It's not true. It, it didn't bother me. I was a loser at playing sports, okay? I was the smartest guy in the class, the most handsome kid. I mean, I'd, so I don't need the sports, okay? All right, those first two are lies. Um, from Zero Hedge. California votes to ban schools from early start times. California votes yeah. to ban schools from early start times to give students yeah. more sleep. Yep. <laughs> California lawmakers voted to bar middle and high schools from starting at before 8.30. Imagine that. You can't start school before 8.30. One of dozens of proposals debated in the legislature on the final day of its session. Teenagers' late-night mobile phone use is harming their sleep and potentially their mental health, say researchers who advise that physical boundaries be set over use of such devices in the bedroom. The report noted that multiple prior sleep studies had established the negative impact that screen time was having on young people. Teenagers who reported constantly texting into the night said when surveyed a year later, the problem had worsened. It's escalating. They're highly invested in it. Some kids are staying up until 3 a.m., but California says the answer is just let them sleep longer. Crazy. I'm up every single morning of my life at 3.45, and I'm working at 4 o'clock every single morning of my life. You get up early, you get used to it. If you want to stay up all night and play, then fail and don't just be a loser the rest of your life. Why do they cow to these people? Cow tower, whatever it is. Zero hedge. As land confiscations loom... This sounds like a good idea. South Africa rules 300,000 gun owners are to turn over their weapons. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. From Daily Caller, Trump's immigration policy is working. Migrants choosing to stay in Mexico instead. From the Free Beacon, report consumer confidence rises to a near 18-year high. Okay, now having said that, and I say this all the time, if the economy fails tomorrow, it's going to happen eventually. We have been set up for a fall by previous administrations. Trump is doing great things. The economy is going, but we don't know where this is all going to head. And when he, when the economy goes, I will still support him. I'm not going to blame him for it because it is going to happen. From Newsmax, let's see here. Disneyland will sell alcohol for the first time ever in 2019. Yes, Disneyland will sell alcoholic beverages next year for the first time since opening in 1955 through a Star Wars-themed Oga's Cantina. 
Okay, and my thought is better sit in the front on all of the thrill rides, kids. Yes. From Mail Online, Facebook adds Alaska's Inupiaq as a language option. I just thought this was cool. I didn't even know there was an Inupiaq language in Facebook. You know, when you're on Facebook, if somebody posts something in Japanese, it has a thing down there that says translate, and you push translate, and it translates in English for you, so you can communicate with people. They've done it with Japanese and Chinese. They've done it with Hebrew and Arabic is horrible. You know, you send uh, Rhoda something that says, um, hey, Rhoda, happy birthday. We love you, and uh, please have a wonderful day. It'll come out saying red monkeys are attacking the uh, Kremlin. I mean, whatever. So uh, they're working on Arabic, I suppose, but um, they now have uh, uh, Inupiaq. New Inupiaq language option recently went live on Facebook. The site is commonly translation tool launched a decade ago has allowed users to translate bookmarks, action buttons, and other functions in more than 100 languages around the globe. And it works very well. I have conversations with people around the world, you know, in their language, and they know English, but I don't know their language, and sometimes they'll say something, and I'll go back all in their language, and they understand what I'm saying. And I, Like Rhoda's mother, or I'm sorry, Sergio's mother, right? She'll email me sometimes in Russian, and I'll go back in Russian. She knows what I'm saying. It comes out beautifully. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah, the day the earth stood still. Exactly. Okay, Zero Hedge says, Michael Moore flashback. Michael Moore, the you know, the guy that, okay, in praise of Venezuela. Okay, he did a tweet. He did a tweet in 5 March 2013. Now it's coming back to bite him. He said, oil for the people. Michael Moore is in praise of Chavez ending poverty in Venezuela. Okay, he praised him in his tweets as what a great thing it is. All the people are going to benefit. So here's the question. Moore now feels a bit stupid. Two, Moore now feels very stupid. Three, Moore is too stupid to feel stupid. I'd go with three. Yes. From uh, Daily Caller, what this Chick-fil-A plans to do with its employees during remodel says everything about what it stands for. They're going to remodel a Chick-fil-A. A Plainfield, Indiana Chick-fil-A owner plans to keep his employees busy even while the store is being remodeled this fall by paying them to do community service. The restaurant will be closed for the remodel from the end of September through sometime in November. But its 100 employees, 100 employees will be deployed throughout the area serving with nonprofit organizations including schools, parks, and recreation and Active Grace, a center that helps the homeless transition Back to work. Good job. Got a less work here for you. Let's see if you can figure out which one this is. Too tired to wake up in school proves that texting till three makes a fool. Going early to bed makes you clear your head so you don't have to drown in your drool. <laughs> it's funny because I had already done all of the videos or all of the pictures for the video before sending this to him. And some of the pictures that I included on there were kids on desks with drool running out. So he just, he, he and I just seem to have this mental connection or something. I don't know. Got a couple ironies of the week for you and we'll be done. Let's see here. Actually, I got three today from the pluralist. Millennial couple, you know, this is sad, but it shows you the thinking of the left. Millennial couple bikes near ISIS territory thinking humans are kind and they get killed. Yes. From Fox News. Chicago peace picnic turns violent. Three people shot, another is beaten at the peace picnic. And then from the Daily Wire, this one is truly ironic. 
Obama to receive award for ethics in government. Oh. Yes, such is the world we live in. So from Sarasota, Florida, Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, and our friends in Iligan City, the Philippines, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is The Superior Word, and that is your Prophecy Update for the week.